Stacy, come to believe. Good evening, everyone. Everyone on Zoom. Just a few brief words from me tonight. Um, I want to talk about something which is often um, talked about in a rather abstract philosophical way in Buddhism. And I want to try and talk about it as experientially as possible. And what I'm talking about is the form of words which is often used in Zen in Buddhism, um, which we, some examples of it that we recite in our sutras. In the Heart Sutra, emptiness is form, form is emptiness, emptiness is form. Um, or in the identity of relative and absolute, we use the words absolute and relative, but you could use the words absolute for emptiness, you know, and the word form for the relative world. Or another set of words, um, which I think is um, perhaps uh, doesn't seem quite so uh, esoteric, um, is the universal and the personal. Mm -hmm. So what happens when we begin Zen practice, um, if you don't mind me saying so, um, we're, we're all caught in the self-centred dream when we begin Zen practice. That's where we start from. And, and if you uh, meditate and you go back into that observer position and you start to witness your experience as a person rather than just being caught up in it, um, and you're not just an observer, you're an observer participator, but you step back and you witness. And as you do that, um, a few things start to transform. Is one, you start to identify all of the different experiences you have in a kind of inclusive, non-judging way. So all the all the things you don't like about yourself you become mindful of and all the things you do like about yourself you become mindful of and all the things that are neutral. You've just become aware of the, the whole wide range of your experience from happiness, sadness, anger, calm, whatever it is, it all passes by. So it becomes all inclusive rather than narrow focus and something else is happening at the same time. And that is that you notice that everything is coming and passing away all of the time in meditation and in everyday life. It's what's happening all the time. There's, no, there's nothing fixed about the self. So the, that's, that's where meditation is so wonderful. It breaks down this narrow sense of self and it brings a sort of more holistic sense of self and you realise that it's just, what is the self? Mm -hmm. And if the self we start to realise is as transient as a mountain stream, right? And it's as holistic as a, um, a rainforest. It's as organic as a rainforest. You can't say where it begins and where it ends. We get more and more of that, that, it's, that sense of that as we, we practise. And as we do that, and we're being um, our, our, our sense of consciousness and awareness is heightened from that observer position, um, what we eventually start to experience as, as we practice 
um, is that we, we have moments of, of, of spaciousness, you know, and um, a peace that comes around along with the, the mind getting below the surface of the chatter. So it's kind of a sense of silence, spaciousness, openness, no barriers, right? And as we touch that place, right, that's, that's, we're starting to touch the universal. We're starting to, starting to touch the absolute or the, the empty dimension, right? Just another perspective. And then what happens, um, and this is talked about a lot in, in Zen training, some people experience that spaciousness and they think, oh, this is reality, I like this, they get stuck there, right? And then they, they create an identity out of being um, universal in their experience, right? Um, and it's a real trap. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, in a sense, it's a deepening of practice, but it's a trap to get stuck there. And then one could say that the next stage of practice is to bring that sense of universality back into the personal. So as I was saying in the beginning of Sazen, you know, happy Buddha, sad Buddha, calm Buddha, anxious Buddha, it's seeing that every form of experience, every emotion you have is a manifestation of what is universal. You can't separate it out. So it's a manifestation of um, the absolute or, or emptiness. We see that anxiety is empty, it's not solid. See that happiness is empty, it's not solid. All this comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes, nothing fixed. Um, and then as we start to bring the universal into the personal, right, then we're starting to cook. And some kind of integration happens and some kind of ease in living occurs, you know, rather than being so difficult and struggling and suffering. Um, and that happens to all of us as, as we just sort of go along with practice day by day. You know, that, that sense of everything's empty, but there's form. Right? Everything is absolute, but it's relative. Everything is universal, but it's personal. Right? And we, we have to, and then we live a life where we remember, it's important that we remember our, our Buddha nature and it's also very important that we remember our mobile number <laughs> and the address where we live right? and the name of our wife and husband and kids <laughs> and all the rest that goes with it. Our life is personal, you know. It's, it's like it's personal and it's universal at the same time. Just like in, in um, quantum physics, something can be a wave or a particle, depending on which way you look at it. Well, those, those figures they have, you know, in psychology where you look at it from one perspective and it's a profile of a woman and then, then you look at it and you see that it's uh, a flower, right? just depends on which way you look at it. They're both true. Mm-hmm. But that's all very fine. But then if we talk of stages, there's another stage. And that's where you've got to really see there's no absolute and relative, right? There's no universal and personal. They're just words. They're just words that we use to describe these different perspectives. Um, 
but it's just walking along the beach. Right? Where's the absolute and relative in that? They're just words, just walking along the beach. Or eating dinner, do you know? Or drinking a cup of tea, you know? or having a shower, whatever it might be. That's all that's happening. And, and we, we put all these words to it, all of these spiritual words to it, and it, then it stinks of sin, right? It stinks of Christianity or it stinks of Buddhism or whatever it is. So we've got to really, it's, it's all very fine to do that, but if, we, if we're caught up in thinking about universal and personal and so on, we're, we're still caught up in a form of thinking that still keeps us disconnected from our life. So even, even that has to drop away so that life is just ordinary experience. It's a wonderful ordinary experience, but it's just going about what you're doing without any sense of being spiritual right? or stink. Right? Spiritual is more stink. Mm-hmm. I'm just walking along the beach. That's all. And if words, if I walk along the beach and um, and words come into my mind of universal, particular emptiness and form, I go, get over it, (laughs) move on. So it's even even a bit silly to say that we we speak in stages, you know, because there there aren't even really any stages either, but from a step-by-step point of view in in practice, like with the 10 ox herding pictures or... um, the five ranks and so on. You know, we talk about a kind of a deepening of practice as we go along. But it's just this. <laughs>